God, that you would overtake our hearts, that you would sit on the throne of our hearts, and that we would want nothing more than we want you. And God, that we wouldn't just say that as lip service, but that, that we would live that, God, that we want nothing more than we want you. We pray, come. Come, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. And God, we pray that you wouldn't just do that for Mercy Vineyard. You would do that for churches all across the Quad Cities, God. We pray for other churches in the Quad Cities, Lord, that you would invade their space as well, that you would invade their hearts, that you would bring transformation to all of our churches, God. God, that your bride would be strengthened, that your bride would be empowered, that your bride would be passionate for you, God, all across the city. God, we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. guys can have a seat. Yeah. God's good, isn't he? It's so weak. Weak. Just weak. Uh, did somebody say something? God is good, isn't he? He is good. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, you guys, good morning. Welcome our friends online. Our people watching online, welcome. Uh, welcome uh, Dana, my mother-in-law. She, she joins us. Sunday, welcome, and uh, glad that you're here. all the way from New Mexico. So, <laughs> um, so I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard. Let's go ahead and put our vision statement, our mission statement, up on the screen. And say it together: We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That is what we are all about, you guys. We're loving Jesus, loving others, loving each other, loving the church. We're growing in Christ. You know, one of the things that has really, uh, that sticks out to me in Ephesians and as we've been going through this is how important it is to love God's people. Like Paul, is, his prayer over is that you would love God's people, that you would love the church, to love God's people. And uh, I think that we have, have fallen into an era, some people say that America has fallen into sort of a post-Christian era. I know that this idea of de- deconstructionism has been sort of popular, and it has been, uh, it's been the antithesis of loving the church, of loving God's people. And, uh, but Paul just prays over and over, that we love God's people, love the church, love God's people. And uh, I know that the church is imperfect, and uh, we, we all know that. Like, it doesn't take a, a scholar to say that the church is imperfect. It doesn't take a, a theologian, but, but, but God's word keeps coming back going, but love it. But love the church, love God's people. Love the church, love God's people. And uh, I think that if we can get a hold of that, really, we might actually see revival. Like, we might actually see God moving in our churches. We might actually see, you know, the building up of the saints, the building up of the church, of the kingdom advancing. And so uh, that's free. That's not part of my message this morning, you guys, as we, as we continue through the book of Ephesians, new identity, new life. And last, week, last week, we talked about the generosity of God. We talked about how His grace is more than enough, to, uh, more than enough for us, that it's generous grace, it's giving grace. And uh, today I want to talk about Paul's prayer. He prays for believers in Ephesians, we're still in Ephesians chapter 1. I love it. We're, we're going through a chapter every two weeks. And hopefully, y'all, did anybody start reading Ephesians? Yeah, when we're going through it. It's just one of those books that you read it and you love it. Like, it's so, 
it's so packed, it's so rich, and I feel like every verse is like a zip file. Let's unzip that. And so uh, it is so good. And so Paul prays this prayer in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. And it's really, it's a unique prayer because uh, he basically says, I'm praying that you know God and what he has for you more. I'm praying that you know God more and I pray that you, you know what he has for you. And it's so important that we as believers, we know what God has for us and that we know God. Those things are immensely important. And um, it's, it's possible, I don't know what he was thinking, but it's possible that he may have been thinking they don't know what they don't know. Right? Has anybody ever heard that phrase before? We don't know what we don't know. He might have been thinking they don't know what they don't know and, and not knowing what you don't know can be really limiting. Right? Uh, does anybody remember doing their taxes for the first time? You didn't know what you didn't know until you went into it. Right? Or you start, you go to start a business and all the things that you don't know, and then you might take a class on it and you go, oh, now I know all this stuff. Well, I didn't know what I didn't know before and I was totally limited. And Paul might have been thinking they don't know what they don't know and that can be extremely limiting. And I got, I have to admit, there are many areas in my life where I just don't know. And uh, there used to be a time in the area of tech where I used to knew a lot. Technology triples every year. So if you don't kind of like stay abreast of that stuff, you can fall behind. But I remember a time when I was much younger, when I was kind of a tech guru. Yeah. I was an AV geek, right? I was the guy in junior high that was on the little morning program on the screen in the classrooms. I was kind of an AV nerd. Uh, I was the only one in my family that knew how to set the clock on the VCR. Does anybody remember what VCRs? Yeah, yeah. For those of you younger, there are these little rectangular, <laughs> this rectangular cartridge with this magnetic tape inside of it. You put it in, you can record your shows or rent a movie or whatever. And uh, it used to drive me crazy because I go to my parents' house, even in my 20s, you know, after I'd moved out, I go to my parents' house. And it didn't matter that I set the, uh, the clock on the VCR last time I was there. I would go to visit six months later, and that thing was flashing 12 again. Right? It didn't matter. And it kind of drove me crazy. And uh, that they never bothered to learn. Like, they never bothered to learn how to program their VCR, to record programs. Literally, the VCR was, to them, a clock that sat on top of the TV that always flashed 12. Because they didn't know how to use it for anything. And uh, they never bothered to learn it, to record it. Um, they weren't getting all that they could out of that technology. It was just a paperweight, Right? Because they didn't bother to, to learn more. And now that I'm older, I'm kind of more like that. Right? I'm, I'm kind of like, like there's a lot of, about technology that I don't know, that I don't learn. And sometimes it even kind of frustrates my son. Because like, I don't know. Yeah, he's back there. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like, oh yeah, I got this thing. This thing powders my bottom. Well, no, I don't know how to do that feature. I don't know the, po- the bottom powdering app. But like, he, he can make it do everything. And I'm like, you know, still doing, th- like, I don't even have Bluetooth earbuds. I'm still using wired earbuds. And so I've gone from being like tech guru to more like these guys on this video. You guys ch- you gotta check out this video. These are like old people reacting to the iPhone you, 10. Even in the dark, and will adapt to your physical change. iPhone recognizes me. They can identify me. This is 2001 A Space Odyssey. So you can be happy. Do we need this? Or cross. 
with again when I get a dinosaur too? I liked all the camera stuff and all that, but I don't like that facial recognition. I don't know if I need my phone to recognize me. <laughs> this is a little too much. There's glass in both the front and the back. Glass on front and back. It's a breakable <laughs> glass though. And play it right where More distraction. And the price will be six hundred and ninety nine. Oh. $699. Oh, $600 too much for me. Looks great, but you know what? I'd have to learn something all over again. <laughs> I'm so comfortable with my sex. They'll be priced at $999. bucks $9 for a little flat thing of phone. Just think you're carrying a $1,000 piece of equipment on you at all times. It's astounding. I, I, I just don't like the facial recognition thing. I just... It creeps me out. Can somebody put on a fake mask and be recognized as that person? <laughs> it's getting really weird. Cute. <laughs> Some people have nothing better to do, really. <laughs> I do have a smartphone. It took me a long time to get one. I didn't give in until I had a couple of friends who uh, looked at my flip phone and just laughed. <laughs> yeah, right? You don't know what you don't know. And uh, that's kind of like me now with tech. I'm a little bit more like that. Um, and I believe that walking with Jesus can be a lot like our relationship with technology. And think about that statement for a second. If we just go a little deeper, we'll find that there's more for us to experience. There's more for us to walk in. Um, especially in knowing God's hope and his power. And so I want to talk about that in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. But first, let's pray. God, we love you so much and we praise you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to know what we don't know. That you'd help us to understand. God, that you'd help us to grow so that we can grow in hope and we can grow in power. Your power, God. And so let your word come alive in us today and bring transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. It says this. Uh, this is Paul praying. He says, uh, first he says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. There, oh, there's that right there. Paul heard about his love, their love for God's people everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. And so what is pray, Paul praying for? He says, Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight, okay? So some translations use the word revelation. Some of them say, I pray for wisdom and revelation. This translation, the New Living, says insight. It says, so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope so Paul's praying this, you would have wisdom, you would have understanding, so that you would grow in your knowledge of God, you would grow in understanding, understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I pray that you will understand, he's coming back to this understanding, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. 
Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of what? The church. Do you think God loves the church? I think he does. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Ooh, so much in that passage right there. You could just read that one every day for the next five days, right? And so remember this, okay? Wisdom, insight, and understanding. These are the things he's praying for. Wisdom, insight, and understanding lead to hope and spiritual power. If you're lacking hope, you might be lacking wisdom, insight, and understanding. If you're lacking power, spiritual power, you might be lacking wisdom, insight, and understanding. So Paul is writing to the young church in Ephesus saying, I'm praying for you. And you have to remember something about the church in Ephesus. The early church faced major persecution all the time. Right? Like, major persecution. You know, we have to understand that the level of persecution that the church of Ephesus faced makes what we go through look like fantasy island. You know, and so you have to understand that. And so he's saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you grow in the knowledge of God. Understand his confident hope and understand his awesome power that he makes available to you. It is such an awesome prayer. Such an awesome prayer. And so in, in, in life, like I mentioned before, it's often what we don't know that leads to defeat. It's what we don't know that leads to defeat. And it's usually little things that we don't know. It's interesting that... Uh, you know, the Mongol hordes that swept across Asia, one of the reasons why they were so powerful is they had these teeny little things. Nobody else knew about them. This teeny little thing. Stirrups on their horses. Did you know that? It was stirrups on their horses that allowed them to stand and aim and fight. Just that little thing. They knew something everybody else didn't know. They hadn't figured that out yet. They didn't know what they didn't know. Other people didn't know that they were missing stirrups. They just didn't know about them. Right? It's you do the little things, not knowing right, right, how to trust or not knowing how to resolve conflict, that can lead to marriage failure. You know, it's funny, the first half of our marriage, like, you know, we argued, we struggled, but there was, because there was one thing we didn't know. We didn't know we didn't know. You know, you know, we didn't know we didn't know. We didn't know that it was necessary to learn how to resolve conflict in a healthy way. We just fought the way that we knew how to fight growing up, right? And then one day we end up in a, in a uh, conflict resolution class because our church was putting it, putting it on and we thought, why not? And we went and it totally changed our marriage. It was probably the most important thing that we ever learned in succeeding in our marriage. We didn't know that we didn't know that, right? And so not having the knowledge of how to handle finances can lead to going broke, Right? Not knowing your rights in certain areas can lead to being exploited and taken advantage of. So most importantly, not knowing the power and hope God has for us can cause us to give up in defeat when the enemy comes against us. Because guess what? There's a devil, and he hates you. And he hates you because you bear the image of God, because you were created in God's image. And not knowing that you have power available to you can make you his little whipping boy or girl. Right? You know. Well, if you don't know, then that's, that's going to be your position. Right? 
And so uh, not knowing the power and hope that God has for us can cause us to give up and defeat when the enemy comes against us. So Paul is praying for believers to grow in wisdom, grow in knowledge, grow in understanding. And so I want to break those three things down and see how we can experience God's hope and power in greater ways. And this may seem a little bit, you know, I know this is, I said this last week, it might seem a bit academic. And if last week seemed epidemic to you, academic to you, today, this week's going to feel even more academic to you. So, uh, so I hope you have your thinking caps. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you brought a notebook bigger than what we have on the back of our bulletin. But the first thing is this, is that a mind that understands him starts with a heart that loves him. So this is, that's so important. This, that could have been really our main point. But a mind that understands God starts with a heart that loves him. And so the, the Greek word for understanding here. So Paul, I'm going to use some Greek words. I'm probably going to butcher the, the pronunciation. If you're like, hey, actually, it's pronounced this way. That's okay. Don't tell me. Um, tell me afterwards, right? Because I'm probably going to mispronounce all three Greek words that we're going to look at today. But the Greek word for understanding here is dianoia, or dianoia, dianoia. And it means this. It actually means thinking and feeling. So when Paul's talking about understanding here, this dianoia, he's talking about that they would understand and feel. That they would think and feel. It was, it's this marriage of both thought and emotion. That's why I say you can't understand God without loving God. Okay? And so, in fact, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, Jesus uses the exact same word when he says to love the Lord with all your heart. Think about that. that. So Paul uses the word understanding, and he says, Dianoia, that you, you would grow in Dianoia, right? And then... Uh, Jesus, you know, says that before that, that you would de-annoy the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that you would love and understand it. It takes both. Now, a lot of people are just cerebral, right? They just, they're thinking people. And, and so it might be a little bit more difficult for them to kind of grow in love. And then other people just love it. They just, it's all love. But they don't really have any understanding, Right? And so Paul's saying we've got to marry those things together, right? And have you ever noticed that how your understanding on a subject is filtered through your feelings for it? Okay? If, if, you, uh, if you have negative feelings and, uh, you know, there's negative connotations associated with money for you, you will never understand money in a way that will actually help you to grow your money. If you, if you have a negative feelings about marriage, about those relationships, if you, if, 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 you know, and then so your understanding about relationships is filtered through that, through those feelings, you're going to really struggle to have, you know, healthy relationships. And it's the same thing with God. If our feelings towards God are incorrect, if we don't love God, then our thoughts about Him will go, you know, because you ever realize, you get same God, but some people, they think, oh, God's unfair, God's strange, He's angry God, right? Super judgmental, lightning-throwing God. That's their feelings towards God. And then other people are like, well, you know, God is just, he's, he's all love and he's grace and he's all mercy and all those things. It's because that's their feelings towards God filter their understanding of God. And so Paul is saying that you would understand, you would de-annoy, de- you would understand, you would think, and that you would love. You would love. Because you're... Uh, on, on heart that understands him or a mind that understands him starts with a heart that loves him. 
And so, as we grow in love for God, we grow in understanding. And as we understand Him more, we grow to love Him more. Right? Now, I've been following God since 1982. I think I understand Him a little more than I did 15 years ago. Feels like 10, right? Uh, I think I understand Him a little bit more. But you know what? I love Him more, too. What? I'm joking. It feels like that long. How, how long ago was 82? Today's, that was 40 years ago, right? 40 years ago, yeah. So in 40 years, I've grown to understand and love God more. And love God more. And so, in a lot of that love, it, it shows in faithfulness. It shows in commitment to Him. It shows in uh, obedience to Him. And so, uh, as we grow in love for God... And we grow in understanding. As we understand Him more, we grow in love for Him more. And so the question is, do you, do you love Him? Do you love Him? Do you really love God? Do you really love Him? And so the second thing is, is hope and power grow stronger as insight grows broader. Okay? Hope and power grow stronger as insight grows broader. Is, that, is anybody learning something? Just let me know that you're, you're still with me because uh, I, know, I know that this one is... This is a, a little bit more of a deep dive today, and, I, and I, I, I just need to know that you're with me. Okay, so as I said earlier, some of the translations use the word, word revelation instead of insight. So you might say that hope and power grow stronger as revelation grows broader. Um, but this comes from another Greek word, revelation or insight. He's using a Greek word here, apocalypsis. That sounds kind of deadly, doesn't it? Sounds kind of like the word apocalypse. And uh, we, we actually have a, a misunderstanding of what the word apocalypse means. We, thinks it mean, we think it means like, you know, apocalyptic nuclear bomb, you know, so the end of the world, we think apocalypse. But that's actually not what apocalypse means. The word apocalypsis means laid bare, right? It just means laid bare. It means that something is made known that was previously unknown, Okay. So when you think about uh, the book of Revelation being apocalyptic literature, it doesn't mean that it's end-of-the-world literature. It means that it's something is being laid bare. Something is being made known that wasn't being made known before. Okay? And so uh, I had an apocalypse, apocalyptic moment. You guys, uh, you know, I've been to Ireland many times, and there is a candy bar in Ireland that I really like, and it's called the Arrow Mint. Mm, did you ever have an arrow mint? Did you? Okay. So an arrow mint is like, if what it is, it sort of looks like a Kit Kat bar. There's little pieces that break off, and it's covered in chocolate, and underneath the chocolate is this sort of like airy, melt-in-your-mouth green mint filling. So you break it open, and it's, you can see all the little rouge just infused with air. You put it in your mouth, and it just melts in your mouth, and the chocolate mint. I'm just such a sucker for chocolate mint. It's just, oh, It's beautiful. And I, this is amazing. And I'd, I'd be like, oh, I can't believe i got to go all the way to Ireland to get an arrow mint. It's too bad. I used to, I used to bring a bunch home in my, my suitcase. And then one day I had this moment. Something was laid bare to me. Something was made known to me that wasn't known before. And that's that I can get an arrow mint over at Katie's on 7th. Yeah, yeah. It's a revelation. It's a revelation. Something was made known to me, and it was a good revelation too, okay? And so uh, when I discovered that 
I didn't have to take it when the devil messes with me. That was a revelation. That was a revelation that I could, that I could fight back, that I could pray for my marriage, that I could pray for my kids, I could pray for my health, I could get up and I could tell the devil to leave me alone in Jesus' name, that I can give him a black eye, right? And so that was a revelation that I can cry out in Jesus' name. It was a revelation that strengthened me in hope and strengthened me in power. Strengthen me in hope and strengthen me in power. And so spiritual revelation is one of those things that happens as you approach Scripture with the right heart and lean on the Holy Spirit to illuminate it for you. Okay? That's one of the Holy Spirit's jobs. One of the Holy Spirit's roles in our lives is, is, is He convicts us of sin and righteousness. He empowers us to live righteously. And He illuminates Scripture for us. That's what, what the Holy Spirit does. So when we approach Scripture with the power of the Holy Spirit to illuminate it for you, we experience revelation. We experience insight. Okay? So you're still following me. Still with I just want to make sure you're still with me. I know that, I know that this is one of those things. And so uh, the last thing is this. Wisdom is what helps bring it all together. Wisdom is what helps bring it all together. So remember, Paul prays for wisdom. It's one of his prayers for us is wisdom. And so Paul uses, in this case, got another Greek word for you. Y'all ready for this one? Y'all been writing down these Greek words? Yeah. Who said yes? Who said yes? All right, good. Couple of couple of Greek scholars out there. Okay? So wisdom helps bring it all together. Paul uses a Greek word, I think it's pronounced Sophia. Just like the the, the woman's name, Sophia, right? Like Sophia Loren. Anybody remember Sophia Loren? That's old. I'm just showing my age. Okay. And uh, so what this does is is this word Sophia is it paints a picture of someone putting what they've learned into practice. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom isn't just, you know, the white-haired man stroking his beard, you know, laying out platitudes, you know, laying out gems for you all. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is putting all that stuff, knowledge, into positive practice. It's, it's putting what we've learned into practice. That is wisdom. We don't simply have wisdom. We do wisdom. We do wisdom. Okay? And so real wisdom is applying knowledge to positive effect. That's what real wisdom is. It's applying knowledge to positive effect. How do we know that? You know, Scripture says that wisdom is proven true by the lives who live it. Okay? You ever talk to somebody who's always like spinning wisdom, but their life is a mess? Like, you know, total mess. And so uh, we, all, we all know somebody. We all know somebody who knows the Bible like the back of their hand, but they just can't seem to get their blank together. They just can't seem to get their blank together. It's because they lack wisdom. They lack wisdom. And so all the, all the knowledge in the world, all the knowledge in the world, and guess what? All the revelation in the world, all the insight in the world. You can have spiral-bound notebooks stacked up to here full of revelation. But if you don't have wisdom, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, okay? And so... All the knowledge in the world means nothing if you don't have wisdom. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2 says, If I had the gift of prophecy and I didn't understand all the... And I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains and I didn't love others, it would mean nothing. Okay? If I didn't put that wisdom, to, if I didn't put that knowledge of positive effect, if I didn't love others, it would mean nothing. Knowledge is not the end game. And knowledge 
is not a metric for being closer to Jesus and being more like Christ. Okay? Some people think it's like knowledge is the end game. And they say, I want to grow in Christ. And so they learn all this stuff. And they read the books. And they go to just any Bible study that's open around town. They go to those Bible studies. And they've crammed their brains full of stuff. And their life is still a mess. It's because they just, they lack wisdom. They lack wisdom. God is saying, put it into positive effect. Put it into positive effect. How do we know that we have grown in Christ? Well... The metric that I like to use, and that I think is a scriptural you know, metric, is we know we've grown in Christ when we're more loving. Okay? When, when we, it is not a sign that you have grown in Christ that you can criticize other churches. It's, it's not a sign that you have grown in Christ when you, you know, uh, criticize their theology, criticize their theology, when you kind of, you know, sit there with your arms folded and, you know, your notebooks and books and whatever, and that's not a sign that you've grown. If, if, if anything, I would say that's a sign you, you've got even further to go. Because if we're not putting that knowledge to positive effect, if we're not loving others, if, because, because isn't it all about becoming more like Jesus? Right? It's all about becoming more like Jesus, yes or no? Okay? And if we're becoming more and more like Jesus, guess what? We're going to become more and more loving. We're going to become less judgmental. We're going to become less critical. We're going to reach out. We're going to, we're going to take risks. We're going to reach out and heal people. Okay? I mean, you know, Jesus didn't put conditions on healing people when he walked the earth. Okay? If somebody needed healing, he said, all right, let's do it. Okay? And so uh, he healed Jew and Gentile alike, Roman citizens. In fact, there are people that Jesus healed that we don't even know if they had a relationship with God. We don't even know if they believed. Okay? And so the only sign that we have of them believing is that them actually just reaching out to Jesus. And so it's so important that we learn to be more loving. That, that was free, you guys. So knowledge isn't the end game. It's loving, positive application of what we know. It's loving, positive application of what we know. And so, you guys, we're going to close up here in, in just a minute. But I just, I just want to ask. I have to ask. And the question is, are you growing in hope and power, or are you shrinking in it? Do you feel like that as time goes by, as you're getting maybe older in the faith, as you've been walking with Jesus a little bit longer, are you growing in hope and power, or are you shrinking in hope and power? Is your understanding of God rooted in love for Him, or is your understanding of God rooted in something else? Maybe, it's some, maybe you're trying to build up your spiritual resume. Okay? Here's the thing, you know what, when you get to heaven, God's not going to look at your resume. He's not. And so, uh, are you growing in hope and power, or are you shrinking in it? Is your understanding of God rooted in love for Him, or something else? Is your head full of knowledge, but your heart meager for love for others? Right? So you can know everything, but you don't have love for others. Well, you know what Scripture calls you, right? You get a big clanging, clanging cymbal, clanging gong. And so, what I want to do is I just want to pray that, that, that the Father gives us wisdom and insight today. I just want to pray for us, just like Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. Okay? That we grow in the knowledge of God, that we understand the confident hope that He has given us, the great power that He has for us. In fact, here's, I think, what I'm going to do, is I'm just going to pray Paul's words, if that's okay. And so, let's just close our eyes. Right? And let's just, go, let's just go on high receive from the Lord. 
And so I'm just going to pray Paul's word straight out of Scripture for us. And you know, the worship team is going to come and, uh, and, and close us out today. But let me just pray. Uh, God, you are our glorious Father. God, you are amazing. And Lord, we pray today that you would give us spiritual wisdom and insight, that you would give us revelation, that you would make laid bare to us the things that we don't know, Lord. God, that we might grow in the knowledge of you. God, I pray that our hearts would be flooded with light so that we can understand the confident hope you have given us, God. God, I pray that we would understand the incredible greatness of your power for us. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. God, we praise you because you are above any ruler, or authority, or power, or leader, or anything else. God, we love you so, so, so much. God, that your church, your body would be made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.